Welcome to the Realized Gains Podcast, a guide to real estate investing. Join our co-hosts, Jordan Lee and Stephen Tran, as we interview a diverse group of real estate investors, both amateur and professional. Our goal is to help you understand that anyone can invest in real estate. Tune in to hear creative strategies and learn from both our mistakes and our successes. You can find us where you love to listen to podcasts, on YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com. The key takeaway I want to give for just prospecting since we're on this topic and making people more comfortable with doing it is you, again, it's about mindset. So you want to go into the calls as if you're calling your friend. Mm. Like this is a, I'm making new friends today. Like that's what I tell myself. It's yeah. not the, I, uh, I hope they don't hang up on me. You got to have yeah, the mindset of no, like, like, I'm uh, calling my buddy that I haven't talked to for 10 years. Yeah. Or even again, I'm just making a new friend today. I don't have to pretend I know this person. Although that is kind of my strategy. Like when I, when they pick up, <laughs> they're like, do I know, do I know you? And I'll say, <laughs> no. And they're like, oh, is, are you approaching me as if you know me? So I just wanted to make sure. But, um, but yeah, you want to come in with that mindset. Welcome to episode 25 of the Realized Gains podcast. I'm Stephen Tran. I'm an Oregon realtor and a multifamily investor. Hey, everyone. I'm your co-host, Jordan Lee. I'm a mortgage lender based in Oregon here, licensed in about seven states, and I invest in single-family residences. Yeah, and we had a great guest today. We interviewed Ty Brown. She is a luxury agent here in Portland. Yeah, she does a fantastic job. She's got a great work ethic. Um, and in addition to being in luxury uh, and, and working super hard as a realtor, she also is in the affordable housing world. Talks a little bit about that. Yeah, no, it's really great. I mean, so many great insights. This honestly was a really strong in, uh, insight into her mindset. That's true. Yeah, she's got a really good mindset. Um, and I think this will be a good episode for you if you're interested in any of those things. So please hit that like, subscribe button and tune in. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Realized Gains podcast. I'm your co-host Jordan Lee, a lender based in Portland, Oregon, licensed in about seven states. Yeah, and I am your co-host Stephen Tran, Oregon realtor, and we're here with Ty Brown. Hi. Yeah. Ty, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I would love to. Uh, Local real estate agent here in the Portland market. I also do development for the Upper League of Portland, so I've gotten my feet wet into the industry Hmm. and different facets, which is cool. And I specialize on the real estate side for acquisitions um, and commercial. And I also specialize in luxury real estate. Well, that's great. Can you kind of just let us know how you got started in the industry? Yeah. Are you, are you from Portland or are you? I'm not. I'm actually from Washington, D.C. Okay. And I started in 2018 after I had my second child. And pretty much what prompted me to, or inspired me to get into real estate, my um, children's dad had a sister, or a stepsister, she's still his sister, um, and her partner was a real estate developer, mm. and I saw his house. <laughs> it was a 10,000 square foot house, and I was oh, like, wow. what? I want that. So uh, I ended up getting my real estate license, and I took it from there. Okay, so you, yeah. you were in D.C. and you moved here in 2018 and got your license right away? So I moved here uh, two months after I graduated high school. Okay. Um. Uh, solo dolo. 
And so just that was 2013. Picked a spot on the map or what? what That's pr- literally what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like, I, I'm an adult now. I'm going to figure it out. And yeah, I was looking at a few other places, Denver here and um, Phoenix. Um, and I landed here and I've been here ever since. Is there anything specific about Portland that won you over? The pot, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'll be honest, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it, it was, I know it was a state that was legalized at the time, mm-hmm. so that's what I was... No, there was... I mean, that's you're not alone in that. There was yeah. a big influx after that law happened, both here and in, in Colorado as well. Yeah. Yeah, I actually uh, was a grower prior to me getting into real estate. Mm. I did that for a little bit once I turned 21. Um, I had my OLCC license, and I uh, did that, and... I, it was a lot, and I was like, okay, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> too competitive, and um, I was very pregnant at the time, so it wasn't, I got, it was just too much. So, so you were a grower, and then you transitioned yeah. directly into real estate? Literally. So I, my last harvest, I used those funds, and I invested into getting my real estate, like, or starting my real estate business from that. Okay. Oh, nice. it's, yeah. Yep. So you're doing like kind of everything. You're like growing and cutting. Growing, and, uh, trimming, literally everything. <laughs> literally everything. Um, my ex and I, it was both of us. Okay. Yeah. How big of a, an area? It was it indoor or outdoor? It was indoor. Indoor. Yeah. So we doesn't had two rooms mm-hmm. specifically for that, for grow and um, for trim. Okay. And it was pretty... Did you have a bunch of employees or was it just... Was just, it just like we, no, no, yeah. we weren't that cool. Okay. I mean, if I did it today, I definitely could get some employees, but no, we weren't up there yet. So what made you kind of get out of it? Was it just not profitable or... Yeah. And at the time I was still like very young. I was only, what, 22, 21, 22. And I didn't really understand the fundamentals of like really building a business. I just mm. knew this was something I wanted to do. So like... um. Yeah, I didn't have a clear understanding of how to actually scale. Yeah. So because of that, it was easy for me to go like, okay, this isn't for me. Looking, you know, looking back now, I totally could have done it differently and actually scaled the way I wanted to. But I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. And yeah. so where did you where did you get your like where did you decide to land with your real estate license? Like what? How did you pick a firm or brokerage or? Um. So I went on Indeed and Keller Williams. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had this. Um, they. I reached out to a woman. Her name's Leslie. Um. She's at the Sunset Corridor office. Okay. And um, reached out to her, and uh, she was like, hey, we have cram sessions here if you want to, like, study for your real estate license. And that's pretty much how they got me in. Oh, okay. So, like, they had, like, pre-license help. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And um, Keller Williams is just, I feel like it's a great place for any new agent to start Mm -hmm. because that is what they do best, just training and just making sure their agents are top tier. And, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> truly, truly. Um, Keller Williams Rookie of the Year over here. They're awesome. Um, I, I did leave, but I'm yeah. back. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So you went, you were, did you, did you start on a team or how did that part work? I, yeah. I started on a team and for like two seconds. Okay. And then I was like, I don't like someone telling me what to do. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like working for somebody well, else again, right? Like yeah, after you had else. your own business. Yeah, and I was like, that's not my mm-hmm. personality. I, I feel I truly felt like I was a leader, so I, was, I just couldn't do it. Um, and then I left, went to Cascade Sotheby's because that's how I wanted to enter into luxury. Mm-hmm. And I was there for about a few months. Then went to EXP, which is, I think, a great firm too. Um, 
again, still stayed in luxury. And now I'm back at KW because TP is just good at what he does. He was like, hey, you belong here. <laughs> so here <I> am. <laughs> Okay. So you early on in your real estate journey, you were like, I, I want to target luxury. Um, what was that from your whole going back to your initial, like when you met that developer and saw his house that you were wanting to do that? Or was there something else that was drawing you towards luxury? Yeah, that's a great question. So initially, I actually wanted to represent developers or mm -hmm. builders who so happened to build like luxury homes. A custom build, yeah. a smaller custom build. Correct. Okay. Um, and I thought working with them will eventually help me reach my ultimate goal in real estate, which is to be a developer at mm -hmm. the time. Um, and so, um, yeah, I initially came in thinking, okay, developers, I want to do big houses like the you know like my ex's uh, sister's husband and that's how I kind of got in <clears throat> just that desire yeah and can you kind of tell us like obviously you're a brand new agent you're learning basically the ropes where you mm -hmm. did you just say I'm not going to do anything under a specific price point or you just kind of did everything and learned yeah no starting out I literally took anything yeah. um, my focus was just listings though so okay. um, didn't really want to work with a lot of buyers. I knew that if I was going to work with developers or builders and I want their listings, I probably should start focusing on listings. Okay. So um, that was my strategy there. But yeah, I pretty much took anything, whether it was 300000 if it was a $100,000 listing, I'll take it. I didn't care. I just wanted to get my feet wet and understand just how to properly market a property to begin with mm -hmm. um, and then just grow from there. Okay. And like, did you have mentorship or like, how did you kind of figure out how to like get listings and figure all that stuff out? No. And looking back, I feel like I should have, I probably would have grown a lot faster. I mean, I've been in for four years, but, uh -huh. um, looking back, I definitely wish I had a mentor. It probably would have been a little less stressful. So what I did was I self-taught, I read a bunch of books, did YouTube videos, YouTube mm -hmm. university is what I call it. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much what I did. Tom Ferry was the goat for oh, me yeah, back yeah. in the day. Uh -huh. He still is kind of. Um, I still check out his stuff, but that's what I that's what I used. Okay. When I needed motivation. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see how you kind of went from that, like doing all these smaller listings to now, like, I mean, you have like, what is it, $3.9 million? I have, a, I have a $3.2 million okay, house in the market right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where was the switch when you're like, okay, I'm a luxury agent now? Or was there a gray area? Or how, did, yeah. how does that happen? Heartbreak did it for me, if I'm going to be honest. Okay. Someone broke my teeny titty little heart. So, uh, <laughs> no, dude, pain is really when you, it, it really can push you to step outside of your comfort sure. zone, I feel mm -hmm. like, you know? So, like, once I had my heart broken a couple years back, uh, I started doing a lot of like manifestation techniques and just like, just focusing a lot on like what I wanted versus what I did not want. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, like once I kind of had that mind shift, mindset shift, mm -hmm. um, I started taking action. So I think that's the first thing. I think just really shifting your mindset and um, having confidence in yourself and just knowing that, you know, you're going to fail and be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just take it. So uh, in 2020 is when I had my first million dollar listing and I actually picked that listing up from cold calling around the neighborhood. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. So you, yeah, explain that. What do you mean by cold calling around the neighborhood? Yeah. So I would drive around a, a neighborhood and if I see a house that I really like, I later would go home and research that house see what the market value was on Zillow mm. and um, I'll find the person's phone number and just make the introduction. Oh, okay. Um, so, th so this is a pretty 
targeted specific Absolutely. thing you're like it, it kind of has to i be. drove by your house the other day it's super beautiful that's exactly I'd what love i to said list are you ready home. to sell yeah <laughs> no that's exactly that was and, and, that, and you picked up a listing like yeah. just like that yeah literally uh two months later i after i did that i got the listing okay nice in no time Amazing. so i was like i should have done it sooner <laughs> And, yeah. and were, were you able to repeat that with like you kept yeah, that strategy going pretty much and, uh, and then after that I pretty much I I started focusing on other things as I mentioned earlier like I wanted to get into development so I ended up hiring a virtual assistant to make phone calls for me and set the appointments <clears throat> and then I'll just mm -hmm. go in and close them uh -huh. but same strategy like I'll just send over a list of addresses that I wanted them to call mm -hmm. and um, if they set the appointment great I'll just close it and if not um, you know, there are times, of course, well, if I had time, I'll do it. But most of the time, I'll have a VA. And talk to us about a virtual assistant. I mean, that's a term that we use a lot in the industry. But mm -hmm. I don't know that our listeners totally understand. How, how does that work? Yeah. So, I mean, there are different routes you can go for VAs. I mean, um, there are VA companies all over from the Philippines to Mexico, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, there are VA, com VA companies here. And essentially, just Google, like, VAs. And some focus strictly on just real estate. Mm. And if it fits within your budget, make sure you have a budget, <laughs> please. Um, you don't want to go broke. But uh, yeah, if it fits within your budget, I think it's a very, very valuable thing to have in your business, especially once you become busy and start doing other things. Um, you you want to have that leverage. So. So, so for example, you have like a list of numbers or whatever that you'd plan on yeah. calling and yeah. then you just like give it to them. They call them and they're like, okay, hey, if you're having a positive response, I want you to, I'll schedule an appointment with, with, with Ty. Essentially. Yeah. And give them the tools to be successful. Give them the C your CRM, so you give, give them, them your scripts, script. everything, okay. everything. You want them to be successful in making those calls for you. So you want to give them what they need in order to give you results that you want. Um, so make sure you give them all, all of those things. Anything that you would use to set appointments, that's what you want to give them, right? So. And did you? How much of increase in appointment setting did you get by moving over to a virtual assistant? So I found that I do a much better job at setting appointments. Yeah. Did it help? Absolutely. Um, so I would say, like, if. I only use VAs if I'm incredibly busy. Right, if you can't get if to I it. just don't, And I, I do not want to remove that part of my business of prospecting. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, if I feel that I don't have the time to do it, that's when I'll say, hey, you know, I'll hire someone um, for, like, short term. Short term. But outside of that, I'm typically the one that likes to make the calls because I get the better results. Right. For obvious reasons. So like, instead of maybe spending two or three hours a day on this, you might only spend a half an hour, an hour, and then some of it is your virtual assistant depending on your time. No. when Even when I am the one calling, I still spend about two to well, two to four hours. Most of the time it's four hours a day. So I'll break it up from 9 to 11. I'll make my phone calls. Mm. And then, you know, from like 11.30, I'll take a lunch break or whatever to get back into a good groove because sometimes it can be stressful sure. for oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at 12 o'clock I'll focus on like other stuff and then I get back in at four from four to six so basically you're saying since the start of your career you've you've every day you've been on the phone three four hours a day yep so that's how that's one way you get into luxury right Literally, oh, yeah. you just pick up the phone it's, yeah. and I tell people all the time it's it's not rocket science just as you would prospect for a 300 400 500 thousand dollar house if you're a cold caller like myself spend that energy on a larger price point mm -hmm. you're going to get the same results you're going to exert the same amount of energy you just get a bigger paycheck mm -hmm. why not 
yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting because I watch a lot of, you know, Tom Ferry too online and they always say like, be where that audience is, be at their gyms, be at their... That too. too. And I do that a lot often as okay. well. Yeah, absolutely. I am like, I love networking. So I love finding opportunities where I can network. So any place that I think other business owners or again, I, I like hanging out with developers. They're typically... Yeah, how, do, how does that work? Uh, how, where, where do developers hang out? How do you target them? They like to go to, like you guys were just talking about Aria, right? Yeah. They like to go to events just like we do. Okay. They want to network with other developers. Uh -huh. They want to network with other investors. They mm -hmm. want to find business partners, lenders, and all of that. So go to those same events where there was an event actually in Vancouver, KFA. I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen it because it was like mm -hmm. all over Facebook, but it was a developer investor event. Okay. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I yeah, know I missed it, but um so Pop so, up there. so they yeah. have there are events that are targeted towards developers. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh Urban Land Institute is one like those, Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You yeah. know, and they have events all the time. Mm -hmm. I pop up there, Portland Business um oh. Association Associ Alliance or whatever. Alliance, yeah. thank yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Um I pop up there, you know, where I pop up wherever I think other people with my mindset are going to pop up. <clears throat> and try to create those relationships. And that's specifically for the developers, right? That those are the that's the network. PBA is PBA is for any any business owner in Portland. Okay. But um, for networking events, ULI and stuff like that, most of those people in that um, demographic, uh, they're developers and all of that stuff. Hmm. So I'll pop up there and see who they know. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I find it interesting because I, you know, obviously, I think everybody wants to break into a higher price. Point, everybody you know? does. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you feel like you have to act a certain way or do anything to, or look a certain way? Drive a certain car. Yeah, dress a certain not way. in Portland. If you're in LA, New York, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let me tell you something. The the and bless his heart, he's so amazing. I the client that I have right now for that penthouse, super wealthy guy. I mean, crazy wealthy. He's also a developer. Um, he rocks cowboy boots in, and like he, he doesn't, he's not flashy. He doesn't care. He's right? not flashy. Yeah. His wife, she's pretty flashy. She looks, she looks fly. She looks great. <laughs> um, but him, he's like, I don't give a crap about any of that. You know, and most of my clients that I've represented are the same way. Like they, I mean, I like to look good, Yeah. but they don't expect me to in order to get their business. What they expect from me is to have the knowledge and to properly educate them. Right. Be professional. Right. Give, like, right. give good examples of how you're going to market their property. Exactly. That's how they care about here. And again, LA, that, that's a different market. People probably want to see you driving a Roy's Royce if you yeah, it's are not so sell their five million dollars. Right, you know? right. But we're, we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And, and so tell us more about development. Um, I know you mentioned you're starting to get into that. Uh, yeah. How are you going about approaching that? Like, what do you, <laughs> do you, do you partner with people or? It's so weird. I had a listing uh, on Hawthorne Boulevard a year ago and I had initially had it listed for 1,095,000 or something like that. Hawthorne. There was a homeless camp, mm -hmm. literally right across the street eight tents straight out. I mean, you can, mm -hmm. this beautiful house, you look out the kitchen window and all you see is just tents. So I had to drop the price a few times. We ended up selling for eight seventy five. Okay. It was that bad. That's a lot of different, yeah. It was that bad. People would see it online, look at the pictures and get excited. And then and they they'll come, come out. I've had so many people actually drive out and like see that. 
<laughs> they just keep cancel the showing. Like, oh, sorry, something came up. <laughs> so what I did was because the two doors down, there was another listing for sale, and they were on the market for a long time for the same reasons, right? Uh-huh. Um, I eventually went over to those guys and say, hey, oh. let me cut you a deal. Mm. If you can move, and I'll help you move, I'll buy you lunch, breakfast, I'll help you like do everything. Um, you just and you just can't be here because I'm trying to sell this house. And they were like, cool. <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah literally i should have done that like two weeks prior um moved them out started getting traction again eventually sold it and after i had that experience i was like oh nice portland is such a great place but this homeless issue that we're experiencing is like out of line so i oh, called nice. the planning department mm-hmm. and i said hey what's because i knew i wanted to be a developer that's the whole reason why i got my license i said hey what does a girl have to do to get a few million dollars to build affordable housing so we can get people off the street. And she asked me, she said, um, have you developed anything before? Do you have a portfolio? I was like, nah. She's like, yeah, we're not giving you millions of dollars. <laughs> we're not. We're giving, not. We're not giving you money. But if you send me your resume, I'll fish it out to developers. Maybe you can be their assistant and learn the ropes or whatever. And I straight up told her, I was like, I'm nobody's assistant. If you're gonna send my resume out, like please get me in the seat. Yeah, I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, wrote in my manifestation journal later that night, mind you. Just want to throw that out there. And uh, a week later, wait, wait a second. You sent your resume to the city. Sent to her name is Molly Rogers. She's with and, Portland and she, Housing. And she actually, she actually gave it to a developer. Sent it out. I, oh. Really? I, I was shocked. Yeah. I was I thought she was just saying that to get me off the phone. But I was on the phone with her for a little over an hour. We had a really nice conversation. She was like, you know what? You seem like a very motivated person. Just send your, your stuff out and I'll fish it out. And I was like, okay. I mean, sometimes you just have to ask, right? Totally. One phone call. Yeah. So um yeah, a week later I got an email from the Urban League of Portland mm-hmm. and they were like, Hey, we got your resume. Um, we're looking for a housing developer. Do you want to interview? And I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> Never done this before, but yeah, let's do it. I don't care. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. Experience in real estate. I've never done anything, a lot of things before, but I'll just jump in. Of this course. is what I want to do. So Get started. Yeah, yeah. So I did a three-step interview process, and they hired me, and that was a year ago, last February. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still. So are you guys working on a project now? Yeah, what yeah. You, so we were just awarded... Okay, now I actually can't talk about it. We were just awarded <laughs> $9.5 million from um, Portland Housing Group through oh, nice. Metrobon. And um, that's going to be go towards a stack. We're going to get funds from other sources because it's a $27 million development project. Wow, okay. But um, it's going to be 62 units of nice. affordable housing, and it's going to be focusing on seniors. And we named it Carter Commons after Margaret, Com- uh, Margaret Carter, who was the first black Oregon legislator. Mm. I called her personally myself to tell her like oh, last wow. week and it was super cool because that's why I named it. I mean, I came up with the name uh-huh. and I, she's just amazing. She was the CEO of Fuel as well, once mm. upon a time. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be working on that. I have a 22 unit project that I'm working on as well off Fremont mm. and that's 60% AMI affordable housing, uh-huh. specifically workforce housing. Mm-hmm. And um, we are closing up release up on interstate Heidi Redmond interested in Baldwin and that's a 60 unit studio um, project that is going to be again tailored to people who are homeless or on the verge of homelessness and we're focusing on black um, individuals here in Portland who nice. were pushed out of the neighborhood and, yeah yeah and then we're trying to get them back in wow where where's the the bigger project located 
uh, Heidi Reitman's off um, Interstate. Okay. Like and how, how did you get the land for that? Okay, so we're talking about uh, the one that we just got awarded. Yeah, the okay. one, sorry, the 60. 60- so Kaiser Permanente oh, nice. actually gave that away. Okay, so they, they had extra land. And, and, <laughs> right, just for people who don't know, that's a hospital here, like a mm-hmm. hospital chain. Yeah, yeah, Kaiser Permanente. Okay, nice. Wow, congratulations. That's cool. Can can you tell us kind of like what your experience was getting into this type of work? Like, oh my god. Yeah, I would love to hear more about it. Like, since it's brand new to you, it, it was, brand new to you. And so, by the way, affordable yeah. housing development is like totally different than regular development. Here in Portland, it costs about four hundred fifty thousand dollars a unit. Oh my god, it's incredibly expensive to build. Um, but <laughs> but it also you have to provide services. There's a standard yes. of development that you have to meet. Um, yep. I mean, you have to pay X wage for your contractors that are meet all these standards as well. So it's not there's a reason there's reasons why it's more expensive. Correct. That's exactly it. Um, well, to answer your question, it was tough because I came into some, like I know the basics. Right. I understand early assistance. I understand all of that. But the construction part, I had no experience in. Mm. Um, and it's still, I'm still learning. I've only been doing this for a year. Um, so it was nerve wracking at first to be quite honest. Cause I was like, wow, I actually got the job because well, I'm smart, but now I have to learn so much. Like this <laughs> just opened up a brand new can of worms for me. Um, but eventually, I mean, again, YouTube university, <laughs> <laughs> there's YouTube for how to build affordable housing. <laughs> you know. Is there? It's there. I'm sure. I mean, there's so many videos that you can do. And then also, because I work for a nonprofit organization, um, you know, they help me get the education I need. So I'm, I was in training last year for project management and all of that stuff. And they helped me with that. So um, they definitely made sure I was set up for success so I can properly execute and be a good partner with our co-developers and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, it, it was tough, but... It's gotten better. I can I know what to do now. I know how to do my job. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> which no, is totally. great. <laughs> yeah. So no, I know Jordan has been trying to get into some affordable housing projects as well. Yeah, we're we're in contract in in Salem on a project that we're hoping to build thirty eight units. We're in mm-hmm. the middle of applying for the uh, the lift grant right now. Right on. Okay, four yeah. percent. Yeah, the four percent. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, that's due on the eighteenth row. It's coming up. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I, have you have you filled out did you for the last round I have so for the three month of 22 unit or now 23 Mm -hmm. units um yeah that one was the four percent light tech and I am hoping I can apply for the nine percent in July Mm. yeah Yeah, we'll see I mean I know they're super competitive and there's always more applicants than there is money luckily there's someone on our team that has like 20 years of experience doing it so so what's who who are you guys looking to serve for this project Uh, we're partnering with the Micronesian Islander community in um, Salem it's a local nonprofit there you know there's surprisingly there's like 5,000 Micronesians in Salem and the population of Salem is about 170,000 so it makes about 3% of the population there yeah Um, I think in the school district there's something like I think the second and third most common language is a Micronesian language. Um, and there's, I think, one staff member that's Micronesian in, in, this, in the Salem Kaiser School District. So it's, it's a very underserved population. A lot of sure. the folks live there, like two to three families in a small yeah. apartment. Um, so most of the units that we're planning on building are 
um, two and three in three bedroom. Okay. Um, and only a few one bedroom. And, okay, and so you guys want to focus on families. Families, yeah. Right, because I feel that a lot of time, oftentimes with these type of solicitations or type of projects, um, mm -hmm. oftentimes it's mostly geared towards like singles. We don't have enough projects really for. And they usually pencils better as it, as singles. It does, yeah. but again, we're focusing on underserved communities with these type of projects, so we have to figure out a way to make sure those folks aren't you know missing out. Exactly. So I'm yeah. glad that you're doing that. Congratulations. Yeah. And yeah, talk. we can talk more about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to hear, I mean, obviously you're doing, seems like commercial development, luxury. How do you time block? How do you fit this all in? And how do you, I mean, <laughs> two kids. Yeah. 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 Uh, two kids. Like, how do you context switch and do all this? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, kind of like you said, like I time block. So I told you earlier, like how I structure my calls for mm -hmm. my business and all of that. So I have de days that are designated for specifically the millennial group, which is my brand for mm. uh, real estate sales. And um, I make sure that, you know, if I, I just, I just know how to structure my time. I don't really know how else to explain it. Like yeah. I know what I need to prioritize and when I need to prioritize it. So mm. I just do it. It's, that's else. great. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> something else. I mean, it, what? What? Yeah. Is that what? Like, what's the number one non-negotiable? Is it your prospecting that you're always going to do always, every day? Always. If I feel today, for an example, if I felt like I didn't hit the numbers I needed to hit, I wouldn't have came here today. I would have said, "Guys, I'm sorry. I, I have I to, to reschedule." Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I try to make sure that I'm disciplined with that stuff because, again, like you said, that's number one priority. I mean, I think that's a, I, I think it's something that a lot of new realtors or people that kind of don't stay in the business that long forget about mm -hmm. is that like, if you're not constantly prospecting, like how is your business going to keep, yeah. keep running? Basically? I, I think, I think they understand that it's just the fear of or, doing it. People, or maybe they don't like it. Do, yeah. They don't like it. Don't yeah, enjoy no, it. Yeah. No, I mean, I like it, but <laughs> Most of the time, who does, you know, it's, but my, the key takeaway I want to give for just prospecting since we're on this topic and making people more comfortable with doing it is you, again, it's about mindset. So you want to go into the calls as if you're calling your friend. Like this is a, I'm making new friends today. Like that's what I tell myself. It's yeah. not the, uh, I hope they don't hang up on me. You got to have yeah, the mindset of no, like, oh, I'm like, calling uh, my buddy that I haven't talked to for 10 years. Yeah. Or even again, I'm just making a new friend today. I don't have to pretend I know this person. Although that is kind of my strategy. Like when I, when they pick up, <laughs> they're like, do I know, do I know you? And I'll say <laughs> no. And they're like, oh, it's, are you approaching me as if you know me? So I just wanted to make sure. But, um, but yeah, you want to come in with that mindset. Like I'm about to make a few, five new friends today or whatever your number is mm. or whatever your goal is. We met at bold, which is a KW training program. And I think the thing they said is like, you're so uncomfortable to make this call. Like, would you rather be uncomfortable and not make the call and just, Oh, would you rather be comfortable and not make the call? Or would you rather have the commission? That's such a great question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Do you like, want to get paid? Yeah, exactly. Do you want to feed your family? Yeah, and it's not even just about that. It's also like, I can't tell you the amount of times I've cold called and I made a best friend, like literally a best friend from it. Yeah. Or like, oh my gosh, that's how I make most of my friends, if I'm honest, from like trying to sell real estate. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. There's been so, oh my goodness, countless times where, you know, and oh man, there was this one time I was cold calling this guy. He was like, don't effing call me again. Click. You know what I did? I boop, 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 boop. Hey, he was like, did I just hang up with you? I was like, it sounds like you're having a bad day right now. 
what's going on? He starts telling me his life story. Really? Just spills all the beans. Well, I'm going through a divorce right now, and I'm just trying to sell this house, and blah, blah, blah. And Did you sell the house? I sure did. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Crazy. It was a house in Lake Oswego. He had it listed for 90 days with someone else. He only had two showings within those 90 days. Wow. I come in, didn't drop the price, sold it in 14. Boom. Nice. Impressive. Yeah. Yep. So it works. Just pick up the phone, make some new friends, and have make a good commission wow. along the way. I love that because it's like one of those things. Did you did you feel uncomfortable when you started? No, and I'm gonna give you a secret. Oh, it's come naturally. No, no, no. No, so prior to me getting into real estate, I worked as a telemarketer for like three years. Oh, that's good experience, yeah. (laughs) So you're used to getting yelled at and- Cussed out and oh my goodness. So uh, that is probably why I'm so comfortable. So don't think I'm like a natural born like telephone person. I'm not, I just had no choice to do it in order to pay my bills. When you started that, was that uncomfortable though? The telemarketing? no. <laughs> so you're, you're telling us you're still not a natural. I didn't mind it. I mean, if That's you're like if you're getting a job as a telemarketer, though, it's like getting a it's different than getting a job as a real estate agent. Like you know that you're going to be calling people, right? Right. Exactly. Okay. Oftentimes, people get into real estate don't realize that, like, hey, I got to pick up my phone in order to like close a deal. Uh, but that's a good point. I know. I actually enjoy telemarketing too. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, but your point about making friends is is so true, though. Yeah. Um, because, like, you know, I just had a client party recently, and um, one of the clients was, like, asking people if you know – or she got asked maybe, like, if you know Jordan professionally or personally. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, well, both. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I think that happens in real estate. You spend a lot of time together, and it's a good opportunity to make new friends. And who do you do business with? Friends, yeah. Friends. It's supposed to be that way, right? I mean – well, some people are uncomfortable working with their friends. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I some that. people don't <laughs> want to do anything with their friends, which is fine. And it is. I think I've only sold. I've been in the business for four years, guys. Two people that I know personally is who I've done business with. Oftentimes, it's a stranger, and then I become close with them. Yeah, you know, two people. Really, that's it. Also, though, I don't really market to my sphere. You don't market to your sphere. No, because they don't have million dollars. Well, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's that's kind of like I always thought about trying to do commercial real estate or or something like that. The Mm -hmm. the amount of pool of people, like Mm -hmm. of your hundred friends, maybe one of them owns a business, right? Right. Right. So, of your of your friends, how many of them have luxury homes? Yeah. 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 So. No, I like I said, I find that really interesting because I like I said, I was born and raised here, and I definitely. Probably can count on my hand, you know, the number of people that I know from my high school or, you know, from growing up that can afford a million dollar plus home. So, it, yeah. it's, no, definitely. Exactly. So it's, you have, I had no choice but to branch out of my sphere. So when people tell you in real estate and, and you're trying to get in the luxury market, you know, call your sphere. That's not really the best approach. No, I totally get that. I mean, and you know, I mean, I, 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 I'll make this assumption. I don't hang out with a lot of luxury people, but I'm sure there are very classy, rich people. There are very crass people, you know, in, in every, in every basically uh, price point. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like the audacity. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So it's, you, you've spoken a little bit about mindset today. Can you, can you, how much do you ha- did you have a coach with that, or do you did you read books about it? Do you, do you spend specific time 
during your week to work on mindset. Yeah. I feel um, like you have that really dialed in. I do. If you're able to get hung up on and yelled at and to be able to call that person back and I love when people hang up on me. Like, oh, really? That is, that is a great it. mindset. Yeah. I love it because I'll just call you back. And nine times out of ten. Sorry, did you accidentally hang up on me? <laughs> I, don't, I don't say that. I literally will call you out. I'm like, hey, you hung up on me. What the heck? Like, I don't, yeah. Yeah. But um, so, in terms of mindset, I did not have a coach. Again, I feel like I probably should. There's a lot of things I should do that I. I think don't. you're doing great with that. With that no, one. I could be. I could do better, right? No. Yeah. No one's perfect. Um. But again, the whole like heartbreak thing I experienced a few years back. I came across Bob Proctor. That man is the man that changed my life. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about him for the audience? Yeah. Uh. So Bob Proctor is like a manifestation like guru guy. Okay. You guys haven't heard of him? I've heard of him. Okay. Just for the, I haven't, no. Check him out. Rest in peace. He just died last okay. year. You, you found a book of his or like a YouTube channel? YouTube University. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube University. Yeah, no, I, I watched one video of his and it just really resonated with me. And after that, it just took off from it, like literally. So three months prior to me getting that first listing, so two months in, um, is when I started looking at those houses. Yeah. The yeah. month prior is when I started getting into like manifestation and all of that. <clears throat> and um, yeah. Anyway, so I watched his video, and after that, it just kind of took off from there. Like, ev like everything in my life just started to change. Can you talk everything. about manifestation? Manifestation and what that means. Yeah. You, you mentioned that you did. You say you keep a manifestation journal. Yeah. If people who know me always say I'm the manifestation queen, it's and I, I truly, truly believe that I am. Not to be cocky or anything, <laughs> but I am. Um, you believe it, you make it happen. It all the time. Yeah. all the time and i think that's what most people need to realize like I, i'm not special everyone has that within them you just have to constantly work on that and most importantly believe in that and in your power because we're all very very powerful beings once we start to realize that so but um yeah manifestation journal i just bought a composition composition notebook mm -hmm. from target sure yeah and just started writing things out as if it's already happened and that's the key. Like you can't say I want or show any feeling of lack. You have to mm. actually start writing it out as if it's already happened. So what I did three months before getting that listing, I said, I am so happy that I have a million dollar listing. Yeah. And so, and I wrote that out three times your, in the morning. Your journal to your future like self looking back in the past or whatever. <laughs> Same, that's how I got the, yeah. I told you, that's how I got the development position as uh -huh. well. Like literally a week prior. So um, just write it out. Um, three times in the morning, six times in the afternoon, nine times in the evening before bed. And the, they say that before you go to bed is really... I wait, wait you it. write the same manifestation three, six, as all... Oh, wow. Okay. Like 15 times a day. Three, six, nine. Yep. Oh, three, six. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the key is, too, is that, like, I don't write out the same thing I want every single day. I write it once and I leave it. Uh -huh. That's it. Like, I once that's done for the day, I... I Tell myself it's done. I have it. It's mine. And I let it go. I release it. Okay. Well, I have a couple questions. Do you, do you feel like after you manifest it that the universe just brings it, or you just act a certain way? And when you go meet that person who's going to give you that million dollar listing, you're like, I'm this confident person who is able to do this. What What is it about manifestation that makes this work? 
uh, the belief in yourself, I think is key. I don't, I don't act a certain way. Like even when I was looking to get into like get a development role or get into development, I didn't act like I was already a developer. I made it very clear. I have no portfolio. You're not faking it. No, I don't need to. What I, I think the key is like, again, it's believing in yourself and believing in yourself and your ability. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have the answers right now, you should believe that you can acquire it at some point. Yeah. Right. Like I said, YouTube university, I don't have a college degree. I've never been to college. I don't aspire to go to college. I don't feel like I need to go to college because I know if I need to find something, I'll find it. Yes. It's really that simple. And I think that kind of needs to work in everyone's mind. Like we are in the United States of America. We have an abundance of information to us. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why we can't go out and get it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, as an agent, you're not going to know everything. You're not going to no. know everything about a house. You're not going to know every material. Uh -uh. There's no point in memorizing all those things. It's like, I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you. Yeah. That's, how, that's my, that's always been my approach. Just belief in myself. No, I love that. That's great. I mean, like I said, I know so many agents who don't believe in themselves, don't portray confidence. Yeah. And when you, I think a lot of it, a, a success in being a realtor is making the people that you're working with comfortable that you you're competent in your role. Yeah. If you're okay. If you don't have confidence in yourself, how can you expect someone else to have confidence in you? Right. Yeah. And confidence it was like, to I, don't know, with the big person, I don't know yeah. if I can sell this house. Well, I don't know if you can sell it either. I'm going to hire this guy then. Cause you know, yeah. so it's like, it's, it's really, I mean, that's really the secret. Like, confidence believing in yourself and constantly not only that like you also have to take action so you need to do the things that instills confidence within you right and you can't just say or just it doesn't just come to you you have to constantly work on yourself every single day oh yeah i mean every day i'll say this about your penthouse that you just put up like you just got an article in oregon with they're oregon in the portland business journal yeah and that, that doesn't just come from just well, I'll just say it, bullshitting, you know, or bullshit confidence. You mm -hmm. have to go do the work and figure out how to do that. So can you talk about that part of Yeah, that's so funny because I, my good friend works at the Oregonian. She's not a, a reporter or anything. She does like marketing for them or something. And I told her, I was like, and this was like five months ago. I was like, hey, I'm going to get this $3 million listing. I, I just said, I just told everybody, it's mine. <laughs> and at the time it was listed, by the way, with someone oh, okay. else. You're like, this, this athlete's not going to sell it. I'm going to sell it. <laughs> That's my listing. So, hey, I'm going I'm to get a $3 million listing, and I want to feature it in the Oregonian. Who do, she was like, I was like, who do I need to talk to to get it in the paper? And she was like, oh, well, um, it doesn't just – you can't just talk to anybody. They have to see it and want to write on it. And I was like, man, whatever. <laughs> Figure out how to get my listing. I'm going to ask someone else. Yeah. <laughs> no no offense to you, Mika. I know she's going to see this. Cause she, <laughs> but, um, Yeah. <laughs> I eventually, I ended up, five months later, I got the listing, and um, I literally I called Mika again. She didn't. She didn't pick up. And I was like, okay, whatever. I reached out to Janet, who's at the Oregonian, and I was like, hey. She was like, hey. I was like, hey, I got a three point two million dollar listing. You want to write about it? She was like, yup. <laughs> there you go. Just keep asking. Nice. So, same thing with PBJ. PBJ. Portland Business Journal. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's it. It's it was that simple. I didn't have to rustle any feathers. I didn't have to do I had a great great listing and who wouldn't want to write about it? That was, was my mindset. Like that's what I told myself. If I was on the other side and there was a great ass penthouse on the market, I would want to write about it. So why one day? 
that's my assumption and that was fact. No, I love it. Okay. Well, no, this is well, <laughs> I think that's amazing. I mean, you know, like I, I, is this part of your current marketing strategy for all your listings? No, this is the first time first time you've ever done it. it. See? You manifested <laughs> yeah. and you believed and yeah. Now you're in the Oregonian. Yeah. So Yeah, I have to check out the article. I can send it to you. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. Well, let's just say if you were to get started in this industry brand new, mm -hmm. not yeah. you or somebody else, what, what advice would you give them to get started? Into real estate or into the luxury market? Both. Okay. Into real estate, I would say start at Coder Williams. Start there, for sure, excuse me. Um, they have great training, great tools for new agents. I wholeheartedly believe in them, even though I left, but I'm back. So that says something. Um, the second thing I would recommend if you want to get into luxury is simply just first shift your mindset because you're going to have a lot of limiting beliefs and say, thinking to yourself, like, how can I, there's no way they're going to want to list with me or whatever. Scratch that. I would say, just go for it. Like if you drive past a house and you really, really like it and you like, you feel it in your being that you want this listing and that one day you want to sell it, tell yourself that you're going to sell it call that person up, build a relationship with them, send them information that's pertinent to them and just stay in touch. I mean, that's really all there is. There's no rocket science. There's no magic. No, well, a little bit of magic. <laughs> but um, the magic is confidence. So, No, I, I truly believe it. And then obviously amazing customer service. Mm, absolutely. I like yeah. to think I'm great. I'm well-rounded. I'm good. <laughs> And what's your, so what's your kind of longer term plan? So you're, you're starting your work in development, you've broken mm. into the luxury world, getting consistent listings. Um, do you plan on continuing to just next 30 years, still be hammering the phones four hours a day? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, as much as I love to do it. Um, no, long term development. That's always been it. Um, just in the affordable space or both in, in the private sector as well? Both. So I want to focus on multifamily. That's what I love um, in terms of like development. That's what I love to do. Sure. And one day I might feel, you know, a little spicy and decide to do a subdivision, but for the most part, it will definitely be multifamily development office, et cetera, commercial. Mm -hmm. um, and still build out the millennial group brand one day. I hope to have a brokerage for the millennial group brand. Mm. It's a luxury space brand. So that's, I mean, that's what I'm working on right now. So have two kind of two things, two vehicles, a brokerage development company, real estate mogul. Mm. No, we believe you'll <laughs> get there. That. Yeah. So, and, and do you have a team that works with you right I, now? Just me and TP. Okay. I, you want to know something I've had so, so many agents come to me, mm -hmm. hey, I love your brand. I love the Millennial Group. I love what you do. I want to get in luxury. They spend one day with me. And this is what I started doing. I have people shadowing me now because too many people come to me and then they right. realize what I do and what it takes to get there. They're like, oh, <laughs> that's too much for me. Oh, <laughs> I can't tell you. Is it the cold calling? The cold calling. I mean, everything. Even I've had someone go to a listing appointment with me one time. And this was a couple of years back. A couple of years back. And she saw me on the phone and she was like, mm. she saw me at the listening appointment. She was like, <laughs> I don't think I can do this. She's not even in real estate anymore. I can't tell you. There was, 
so many times I don't need to do it, but like people spend a day with me, they get their real estate license and they decide to get out of real estate. Oh man. <laughs> like this is too much. Um, but it's, it, that's what it takes. It takes you getting uncomfortable and not everyone understands that first getting in, they realize it later down the line. So I like to tell, I like to think of myself as someone that's like, Hey, you see how it is. You either decide to go for it or you don't rather than wasting a year or two years of your life trying to figure it out and realize you don't want to do it. Just spend time with me and see if you want to do it. <laughs> oh, I, I got to send you some people, you know, just uh, let them know if they can get out of the industry a little bit faster. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. But I will start building a team again. I had one a couple of years ago. I had four agents. And it was fun. I, I love, I love. You don't mind the managing part and the coaching, no. mentors. You can do everything apparently. So. Yeah. No, no, not everything. <laughs> no, I don't mind that at all. Um, I actually really, really enjoy coaching and all of that stuff, and just being someone's like mentor support. Mm -hmm. My thing is though, it's just that I just you have to want it as much as I do. I can't want it more than you. Right. You don't want to baby somebody. That's not my job. Want to hold yeah. Hand. yeah. I literally, you want... I don't get paid enough for that. So, <laughs> and I get paid pretty well, but not enough for that. So as long as someone were aligned and like, Hey, you want to do it? I'll hope you get there for sure. That's not an issue. But right now I'm building a team. is not a focus, like a full blown team. I have the support I need. Um, and when I am ready to do that again, I'll be super excited. And at this point, like no one do not contact me asking to join the answer is no. Please. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if the person with the right mindset came by? I I wouldn't even have the time to give them the support that mm -hmm. they need. If it's a new agent, I wouldn't have the the, the time to do that. Not, and not that's at just this me being point. honest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> well, you gotta save your time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a year from I haven't do you have a business plan? Probably not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Do you have a business plan? I, I, you know, I haven't written one for this year, but I did for last year. So okay. I please. To, I did okay, both of you guys, yeah. please pinky promise me. All right, let's do it on camera. We're pinky promising. <laughs> business plan. Business plan. Yeah. Set up. But yeah, get your business plan done. But for next year is when I'll start rolling it out again. Start trying to build a team. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be a lot more confident in other areas of my life. But today, I just want to focus on being a great developer and again building the millennial group brand. That's my number one focus. So when agents do come on again, they're like, hell yeah, like that's rock, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, if people are trying to reach you, not other agents, obviously, for your team, but just people in general who want to give you listings or want to find out about you or find you on social media, how can they find you? You can look up the millennial group um, or you can call me. Put that number out there if you want. 971-212-5015. I'll get your property sold. There we go. Well, I love that. Thank you so much. Thank really. you, guys. Today. Yeah, yeah this is fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Realized Gains podcast. If you have any questions for our co-hosts or guests, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com.